Good morning, friends. Today's text comes from the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. I guess if I were going to give this message a title, it would be, You Are What You Eat. And you know that's true. Nutritionists tell us that your appetite determines your diet, and your diet determines your intake, and your intake determines your health. Now, we know, for example, that too much caffeine harms the body. We also know that alcohol is first a narcotic and ultimately a poison that will kill you if you drink too much of it. Scientists also tell us that certain foods, raise your cholesterol, may lead to heart disease and premature death. And by the same token, certain foods are good for you, especially fruit, lean meat, complex carbohydrates. For some, the purpose may simply may be simply to lose weight, weight for others, life itself may be at stake. You are what you eat. This principle applies in the spiritual realm as well. Whatever you seek in life, you tend to find. It may be sexual pleasure or financial gain or personal happiness, or it may be something higher and better. Jesus challenges us to look at our spiritual appetite with these penetrating words from the fourth beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. You know, in this single sentence, Jesus tells us that our hunger determines our spiritual health. In order to grasp its meaning, we need to explore three key principles. Here's the first one, the possibility of righteousness. Now, if we want to understand the fourth beatitude, we need to know what Jesus means by that term, righteousness. I mean, it's it's kind of a mystery to us. We know it has something to do with being right and doing right, and that is about it. Whenever you come upon a term in the Bible you don't understand, it's always helpful to look at the passage of Scripture, other passages that may shed some light on it. And with that in mind, I'm going to take a look at three other uses of this word in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5.10, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Now, that's the eighth and final beatitude. When you take the fourth and the eighth beatitudes together, you get something like this. We are to hunger and thirst after a kind of life that will cause some people to persecute us for our faith. Hmm. So righteousness is a lifestyle that distinguishes us as true Christians and invites opposition from the world. And second, Matthew 5.20 says, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses all of that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, the Pharisees had concocted a religious hodgepodge built around attendance at the temple. It involved intricate rules, regulations, and meant following precepts and traditions. Very professional, very routine. <clears throat> it was like wearing cheap perfume that you splash on just to make yourself smell good. It's not really part of you, and it can't cover the stink underneath. And in third, Matthew 6.1 gives us this use. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. You know, Pharisees love to pray in public and really loud. They love to dress in religious garb and throw their offering in the metal container so people could actually hear the coins rattle. Their religion was built around the praise of men, and they still thought God would reward them. But it was a cotton candy religion. It looked good, but there was really not any substance to it. By contrast, true disciples seek righteousness that does not need to be seen by others, but only by God. 
Well, the fourth verse I'm going to bring up is one you probably know by heart. It's in Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And this kind of touches the priorities of life. I mean, what is it you're looking for in this life? Fame, fortune, career advancement, good salary, secure future, happy retirement. I mean, the fulfillment of your dreams. I mean, as good as those things may be, they are not the most important things in life. But God's, put, put God's kingdom and God's righteousness first. Then when you do, everything else you need, well, it'll show up. It'll be given to you. Seeking his righteousness means letting his word set the standard for your life. Now, put those four passages together, and what do you have? Well, some of you say, well, four passages. Well, <laughs> well, we are to hunger and thirst after, and I'll put it this way, a truly Christian lifestyle that changes us from the inside out so that we no longer seek the praise of men, but causes us to seek God's approval above everything else. Now, this kind of life is possible for all of us. In fact, Jesus plainly says that anyone who lives this way is blessed by God. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So why don't we all live that way? Well, the question leads us directly to the second important principle, and, and it's this, the power of hunger. Now, have you ever known true hunger? I think that probably most of us that are listening this morning probably have not. I mean, to us, hunger means waiting 10 extra minutes for the rolls to come out of the oven. I mean, hunger for most of us is that sensation in your stomach that makes you stop at you know, McDonald's for fries and a, and a Coke, even though you just ate two hours ago. I mean, very few of us have ever known real starvation. Now, we've seen pictures, we've heard stories on TV, but the truth is, most of us have plenty to eat. We are among the best-fed people on the face of the earth. In fact, not long ago, I heard that during the Super Bowl, Americans consumed 8 million pounds of guacamole <laughs> dip, and they ate pizza by the acre and drank an ocean of pop or you know, maybe an ocean of beer, too. See, because we rarely hunger and thirst after anything, we kind of miss the urgency of the words here. But consider the words of Proverbs 16:26: The labor's appetite works for him. His hunger drives him on. You see, friends, hunger does have its benefits. It keeps a person going when he'd rather quit. Now, I think the real problem is that many of us suffer from a kind of spiritual malnutrition. I mean, if you eat junk food, you grow fat and lethargic. I mean, have you ever spent several hours preparing a nice meal only to discover that no one is hungry? I mean, what happened? Well, somebody found the cookies and ate them before supper and ruined their appetite. Those of your parents with kids probably have seen that play out a few times. You know, the tragedy of our time is that so many people are wasting their lives chasing after three things they can never really satisfy. And I'd put those three as money, sex, and power. We want money, so we sacrifice our families to get it. We want sex, so we sacrifice our morals to get it. We want power, so we sacrifice our friends to get it. And when we finally do get it, it doesn't satisfy. That's the way things are in the world. You climb to the top only to discover that next year you've got to start all over again. I mean, nothing in this life truly satisfies forever. Well, third, let's look at the promise of fulfillment. The final part of this verse is a promise from God. It says, they will be filled. Well, with what? Food? No. Money? No. Long life? No. Promotion? No. Happiness? No. Perfect family? No. Trouble-free life? No. Well, what then? Well, here it is. You will be filled with righteousness. Now, in other words, if you want righteousness, you can have it. 
Well, let me go out on the limb and make a pretty bold statement. Whatever you want in the spiritual realm, you can have it if you really want it bad enough. And I don't think we appreciate the importance of that truth. I mean, most of us are about as close to God now as we want to be. We have about as much joy as we want, about as much peace as we want. And for the most part, you are where you are right now because that is where you want to be. If you are hungry for something better from God, you could have it. I mean, if you want it, you can have a close walk with God. If you want it, you can have better relationships. If you want to, you can do God's will. If you want to, you can grow spiritually. If you want to, you can become the person of God uh, that you desire. If you want to, you can change deeply ingrained habits. If you want to, you can break destructive patterns of behavior. Now, I tell you, that is a prayer God will answer. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you know, right living, right thinking, right doing, when you want what God wants more than anything in the world, you will have it. Now, I'm going to close with this final thought. Jesus' appeal is always personal. He never says, come and join the church, or come and be baptized, or come and give money. He simply says, come to me. And when Jesus says you will be filled, he means you will be filled with Jesus himself. And if you're hungry, come and eat the bread of life. If you're thirsty, come and drink the water of life. If you're weary, heavy laden, come and find rest. If you're guilty, come and be forgiven. If you're far from God, come back home again. The French philosopher Pascal said that there is a God-shaped vacuum inside every human heart. And since nature abhors a vacuum, if we don't fill it with God, we will fill it with something else. Let's be honest, many of us have filled our hearts with the junk food of this world. (laughs) I mean, it's called television, it's called politics, it's called called the pandemic. and all. It's no wonder that we are so unhappy these days. It's no wonder we just kind of get cranky. In fact, if you look at the entire world, it's kind of no wonder we jump from one job to another, from one relationship to another, and on and on and on. We're kind of like that little kid who will not let go of the marble in order to receive a diamond. It's no wonder we stay the way we are. We're kind of trapped in the pit of a thousand excuses. It almost seems these days that we would rather have misery and pain than risk it all on Jesus. St. Augustine explained both the problem and the solution. He wrote, O God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. So all I'm saying, friends, is you're never going to be happy until you put God first in your life. And you can never do that until you surrender your life to Jesus once for all. So let me give you some good news here. In the kingdom of God, everything begins with a seeking heart. Salvation begins with a hungry heart. If you're tired of the life you've been living, you can make a new start. Whatever you want in the spiritual realm, you can have it if you want it bad enough. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And if you are, you can be filled. That's the promise of God to hungry hearts and thirsty souls. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion. God bless.